Then you look at the euro, it's up from 19 to 20%. What's important about this? Other currencies, including the one of China, have soared to 10%. We have an entire shifting, as Russia and China blatantly said it, of the world order. We are looking at today the new world order being built, and it's being built on the backs of Russia and China. They have the power to do it, their commodities to do it, their resources to do it, and look at what they have done. They have said that they will build a new currency that will supersede the dollar that is backed by gold and commodities. That is an absolute killing blow to the United States dollar that has for decades now been backed by nothing more than the waning capabilities of the U.S. military. This is a changing world order. The best thing that you and your family can do is position yourself so that the United States dollar doesn't have as much of a play on your future as it does right now. That doesn't mean you can go to your employer and say, listen, I want you to pay me in the lawn. It doesn't mean you can say, I want you to pay me in Bitcoin. What it does mean is that don't hold that money, that paper, nothing more than a sheet of paper as a promissory note saying that I will pay you what the community thinks it's worth. Don't hold that paper. Instead, hold something that can be resold. This isn't financial advice, of course. This is prepper opinions from me to you. Hold something that can be resold, that has value, is physical. If you don't hold it, you hold nothing. But we're seeing this absolute shift. The Chinese government says that the world's debt problems, the things that we are experiencing, the whole reason the rest of the world is burning, have been made worse by the United States of America due to the unprecedented pace, according to China, of interest rate hikes by the United States Federal Reserve. Here's where things start getting truly dangerous out there. Mortgage applications to buy a new house have dropped 39% year over year in March's figures. This is the worst performance since 1995. Here we are with more people needing a house, more people in the world, more people of a working age, more people of a home buying age, and the worst performance in decades. Now you can see how a so-called recovery will never, ever happen. As we face the uncertainty of the future, we know that the world is on the brink of world war. Russia's influence continues to grow. Western powers are struggling to counter what the Kremlin is capable of doing. Analysts say that this is just beginning. A recent report from the Economist Intelligence Unit reveals that net support, that is global support, actual support for Russia, has risen since its invasion of Ukraine just a year ago. Moscow continues to engage in diplomatic, charming, offensive moves that are previously, that is starting to move previously neutral or so-called geopolitically unaligned countries to back Russia. Assessing countries' enforcement of sanctions, UN voting patterns, 
domestic political trends, those governments' official statements, their economies, political, military, and historical ties, the EIU has shown that the number of countries leaning away from America and towards Russia has increased from 29 to 35 in the past 12 months alone. These countries account for 33%, one-third of the entire world's population. It includes South Africa, uh, Burkina. You have other countries like India, Saudi Arabia, all highlighting that this world order of the USA is over. China remains the most significant country in this category, with the president meeting with the Russian President Vladimir Putin in Moscow, vowing deepening military and economic ties between the two nations. They have previously represented themselves to developing countries as alternatives to the USA, as economic and military partners to those countries, in that neither will attach demands around democracy or human rights to diplomatic relations. What that means is China and Russia know that the future of our world is wrought in tyranny. And so what they're saying is if you come over to our side, you don't have to worry about what you do to keep your house in order. You want to hang them for uh, you know, homosexuality? Your business. Or you want to cane somebody for stealing? You do you. That's what Russia and China are saying to other countries. Their, their diplomatic relations will have no handcuffs on democracy or human rights violations. You have countries like Turkey, Qatar, and Colombia that were previously aligned to the USA becoming neutral now. The number of nations that are actively condemning Russia has fallen by multiple points. The US and European Union-led bloc, which represents 36% of the population, has exhibited a strong level of collaborative sanctions, has consistently provided military as well as economic support, your tax dollars, to Ukraine. But it goes to show that this bloc only represents a smaller percentage of global GDP, which highlights an emerging disconnect between Western economies and the global South. Furthermore, Russia's propaganda, or what they do in this world, in developing countries, is working. And it's not just working a little bit. It's working extremely well. This drives resentment against former colonial powers and fuels the idea that sanctions by the Western nations are insufficient. We have global food security concerns, global energy security concerns. We have emerging countries who are right now saying if they want a future, they're going to stand behind China and stand behind Russia. There's a lack of willingness to acknowledge that people may not be thinking like we do. And that's very worrying, says Demarius. Western leaders are thinking about it in terms of being on the right side of history, which he notes is true. But it doesn't mean that it doesn't need explanation. Excuse me, she, Demarius, is a female. She adds that countering organized Russian uh, moves requires acknowledging the problem and building awareness about the aims and effectiveness of sanctions, which are basically non-existent. Rachel Rizzo, a senior fellow at the Atlantic Council's Europe Center, warns that the perspectives on war are different in countries like India, 
the largest economy and population center, still following, uh, falling under the neutral designation from the EIU. Moscow claimed earlier that uh, oil exports to India increased 22-fold last year. At the recent Dialogue Geopolitics Forum in New Delhi, the Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov was subjected to laughter from delegates when he suggested that the Ukrainian war was launched against Russia. Rizzo says that developing countries are right now being placed in difficult positions that they do not want to be in. They have demands from the USA and from Europe to outwardly side with Ukraine, even though these countries constituting the global south voted in favor of resolutions that condemn the invasion. What has happened in the USA is this framework of democracies versus autocracies as the framing position of Biden and foreign policy. And I don't think that lands for a lot of the rest of the world, says Rizzo. As Russia's sphere of influence, as it is called, continues to grow, we must acknowledge that the situation is more complicated than just sanctions or shifting changes to Russian disinformation campaigns. We have to acknowledge now that many countries in the world are absolutely going to back Russia and China. Once they move away from America, your job's gone. Your ability to own your home, pay for your home, gone. Your car, repossessed. Your oil, hard to come by. Your byproducts, mostly non-existent. And so what we don't produce in-house, we don't get. That's why we have to be ready in our community and in the world to live like we live in a developing nation. People will take offense to me calling it third world, but it's absolutely not an offensive term in the way that I use it. What I'm trying to show and portray is that you're no longer the first. You're not even the second anymore as far as human rights, as far as what you can do in your own country, as far as your economic capabilities. You are lower. We might become fourth, fifth, sixth world. And if you have a reason why we won't, let's talk about it in the community. Leave a comment down in the comment box. Reports are showing American military leaders just how closely North Korea and Russia are going to work together. This is after data became available proving to them that North Korea is working to send dozens of weapons and munitions to Russia that were going to be used in this Russian war against Ukraine. National Security Council officials have said that they see proof that this is happening. John Kirby, the NSC coordinator for strategic communications, says that North Korea seeks to secure itself with food supplies in exchange for arms and weapons that are being sent over to Russia. They will be arranged through a Slovakian arms dealer that has been identified as Ashok Mikhurtichev. We remain concerned that North Korea will provide further support to Russia and its military operations against Ukraine, says Kirby in a virtual press briefing. He notes that North Korea delivered large quantities of munitions and capabilities to Russia last year. As part of this proposed deal, Russia would receive over two dozen kinds of weapons, massive amounts of munitions. We understand, speaking as the USA, that Russia is seeking to send delegations to North Korea, and that Russia is offering the North food in exchange for these weapons. What we have is a barter 
taking place. We've always said, don't barter food for ammo. Use that ammo to get your food, like go hunting. But is Russia holding true to that ideology? Or when Russia gets the weapons, is there a chance for them to turn on North Korea? I highly doubt it. I see Russia, China, North Korea, the BRICS, I see all of these countries as huge, potentially winning opposition against the USA. The US Department of Treasury has said that it imposed sanctions against this reported dealer for arranging the arms deals between North Korea and Russia. Between the end of the year 2022 and uh, the beginning of this year, 2023, this individual worked with DPRK officials, according to the report, to obtain multiple different kinds of weapons and ammunition for Russia in exchange for materials. This material is things like aircraft material, commodities, raw materials, maybe gold, silver, copper. The Treasury Department warned that this was proof to them in a press release. The DPRK, or the Democratic People's Republic of Korea, that's North Korea's official name, Kirby emphasized that the provisions of weapons and ammunition to Russia by North Korea will be a violation of multiple United Nations Security Council uh, resolutions, and it's prohibited to send any shipments of weapons to or from the North. Any arms deals between North Korea and Russia directly violate a series of UN Security Council resolutions, they said. We have taken note of North Korea's recent statements that they will not provide or sell arms to Russia, and we are continuing to monitor this closely. We are going to continue, he told in a press briefing, to identify, expose, and counter Russian attempts to acquire military equipment from North Korea or China or any other state that is prepared to support this ongoing and suspected to be decades-long war. We have to get ready to stateside as well. I have a viewer question. Vanessa Lowe says, question, I don't have a car, so I don't have that expense. I'm trying to prep on 15 bean soup, rice, dry goods, and food stamps. What should I get with the little money that I have or have access to? The weather has been bad here in California. Slowed down prepping. Coffee Girl says, I started collecting a few things at a time in December. That was as I saw the pandemic. You know, as a single parent of two and on our own, always had the mindset of preparedness for all kinds of things. Kids are adults now, thankfully. I made a list of needed things in case of a lockdown. Like I said, a few things at a time, and then you add to it. Thinking outside the box really helps, and it got me through many things. Get things to eat that you actually will eat. Great point there. I hit the dollar stores first, as I was completely broke. I had family members treat me like I was crazy, not uncommon, but my son finally said, gee, if things get bad, mom, I'm coming here. You have food. I had to ask him not to broadcast that to anyone. Coffee Girl is a very smart individual. Uh, I have not been able to get all of the things that I feel I need, but we might only be able to do so much. So just keep going. I hope you will be okay out there in California. The weather sure is a mess. Keep safe. What a great message, question, and reply by our community. I really couldn't have said it better. Guys, if you have any questions, please leave them down in the comment box. If you could take just one minute out of your day today, leave a like, leave a comment, and reply to someone's question. It could be saying, hey, I see that happening too, or here's what you can do. 
or an answer that could save their life. Please take that time out of your day today to just say hi, leave a comment, leave a like, and answer someone's question. If you're the one with a question, make sure you leave it as Vanessa did, the giant word in capital letters question first. So that people just scanning through the comments, whether they're on their phone, on a computer, they can look and see the word question. It stands out to them, stands out to me. I can search for it, they can search for it. And we can get these questions answered. From my family to yours, please stay safe and keep watch. This week's Full Spectrum News is brought to us by you, all of our members on Patreon. Make sure you check out contingencymedical.com. Use the code FSS10 for a discount on real antibiotics, things like azithromycin, amoxicillin. You talk with the doctor, you tell them what you want. They send it to a pharmacy and you get it. And at uh, nutrientsurvival.com forward slash FSS, use the code FSS15 for a 15% discount on long-term food storage, things you can throw in your backpack and go. The Black Authority broadcasting to you live from the only historically black college and university of education and learning in the cosmos. You are, of course, welcome to join us. And join us you shall because on tonight's program here, you know, folks, as the drum beats of reparations, thump even larger and harder. You are starting to see that we are embroiled in a world war in the words of our immortal ancestor, Dr. John Henry Clark, to erase black people from history. And it is being promoted under the guise or under the rationale that we need to protect white people from something. Everybody loves history until we start talking about it. And case in point, I can show you so many examples, and this dovetails with so much what's happening right now. I can show you so many examples, but I really just want to distill it down to just one in particular here that has happened recently. This shows you the villainous extent to which these folks are going now. They are dropping all the pretenses. This is about saying that white supremacy in America never did happen, and thus inversely to say that it isn't happening now. So what you'll end up doing here is you'll have a bunch of black children who are raised completely divorced from the environment that they're in. That they will be experiencing white supremacy on a daily basis, but the schools will now indoctrinate them and tell them it's something else. It isn't that. You just aren't trying hard enough that racism and white supremacy is just something you should expect. Injustice is something you should expect, but it's not injustice, it's just you're too sensitive to it. That white supremacy isn't something that you should stop and fight. White supremacy is something you should just ignore. Case in point now, there is article that I posted here from CNN, and I've been wanting to talk about this for a few days because it dovetails off of so much how the past and the present shape the future. What they were talking about here is Ruby Bridges movie under review by Florida School District after parent complaint. Now, when black folk are upset about something, you got to have all of us take to the streets in mass. With white folk, all it takes is one white person to make a phone call and then next thing you know, the, the, the bookshelves are clear. 
The article says that a film about a black first grader who integrated an all-white elementary school in the South is under review in a Florida school district after a parent declared objects to the movie's use of slurs and argued it could teach students that, quote, white people hate black people, according to school officials and documents obtained by CNN. You all remember that I taught you here well over a decade ago. I taught you from the very beginning. I taught you that white supremacy believes in attacking children. White supremacy's primary method of doing things is to attack children. White supremacy does not hold children sacred, except when it's convenient to it. But white supremacy believes one of its core principles is to attack black children. They target black children. They don't have any reservations. They don't have any scruples. They don't have any morals. They don't have any principles. White supremacy considers it to be a mark of masculinity or femininity to attack little kids. Asymmetrical warfare. The adults are too big and tough for you. Go after some children and some grannies. The warrior class is putting on your ass. Even though the grown black females are giving you too much trouble, go after the babies and the elderly. That's what you need to do then. Go after the babies and the elderly. Go after them. I've taught you this for the longest time because I want you to understand the mind of the enemy that you're dealing with so that you see how they deal with things. They see children, you see children, they see a target. You see children, they see a target. That's the point I want you to take from this. You think you see black children, white supremacy sees an easy target. It goes on to say here that a, pa a parent, a one, a parent of a second grade student at North Shore Elementary in St. Petersburg filed a formal complaint March 6, requesting the removal of the 1998 movie, Ruby Bridges, from the school's list of approved films. This came after the movie was shown to about 60 second graders on March 2nd as part of a Black History Month lesson, Isabel Mascarenas, a spokesperson for Pinellas County Schools, told CNN. A parent whose name is redacted in the copy of the complaint shared with CNN wrote that the movie is not appropriate for second graders and would be better suited for an eighth grade American history class. The parent objected in part to racial slurs used in the film depictions of a child placing a noose around a doll's neck and characters threatening a hanging. The parent wrote that the film could teach students racial slurs, quote, how they are different and that, quote, white people hate black people. So in other words, she objects to the teaching of American history. Understand something, we ain't talking about slavery. We are not talking about slavery anymore. 
We are talking about the continued experience of the descendants of American slaves. The immigrants were not a factor at this point. The immigrants were not experiencing this at this point. You're talking about the descendants of the American slaves, and they are now trying to tell you that when the Emancipation Proclamation in 13, 14, 15 minutes passed, slavery was dead and gone, and we will now teach the children that these things simply did not occur, that you're going to wait until they get in eighth grade, and even then, you're gambling that it will ever be taught to them. They're not upset that lies are being told. Notice what she's saying. She isn't upset because there's a lie. It's not like you're teaching that girls are boys or boys are girls. She's angry that history is being taught. She's angry that their history is being taught. If you all remember in my historic broadcast, that YouTube keeps trying to ban every time I put it up, the five steps to Nazi Germany. First, they will speak against you in their homes. Next, they will murmur and speak against you in the streets. Next, they will speak against you in their mass media. Next, you will have politicians passing all these laws specifically targeting you and your group. And then finally, they will take to the streets in wholesale indiscriminate murder. Because that's what all of this is leading up to. So they're teaching you that they want to tell your children that these things didn't happen. But meanwhile, they're at home teaching their children how to practice white supremacy. You see, erasing white supremacy is teaching white supremacy. Do you understand that? White supremacy depends on being invisible. White supremacy is taught in every white home in America in varying degrees. So you see, white supremacy only gets defeated when you put a spotlight on it. White supremacy is, is absolutely, absolutely terrified of daylight. White supremacy needs the shadows. White supremacy doesn't need like shadows. It likes to be totally invisible. So it's always there, but it's not visible. So white supremacy depends. Hey, you got to stop talking about that. We can't operate and move the way we need to move if you keep saying that we exist. You can't, we can't operate the way we need to operate if you keep showing movies, films, books that put white supremacy in its proper context. So she is upset that they're teaching history when it comes to black people. Now think about this, you all. When it comes to black people, they want to erase the slave trade. They want to erase Jim Crow and lynching. Now they want to erase segregation. No, they want to erase black history. Our history on this continent, they want to erase it. They already don't tell you about the black folk who've done positive things. They don't want to teach about slavery and segregation and Jim Crow. Now they're saying, yeah, let's remove that too. 
because you niggas keep investigating it too much. They don't want you even doing that because you keep investigating too much. It'd be different if they could just mention it and then move along, but they're mentioning it, and then you're sitting up here saying, well, let me see how this connects to my life. Hey, stop teaching that. Just cut out the books altogether. Get that film off the shelf. Don't mention those. This is ethnic cleansing American style. It goes on to say here, after receiving the complaint, quote, the school will now engage in the formal objection process to review the challenged materials. Mascarenas said, citing the district's policies on contested instructional materials. The movie has not been removed from all school districts and still remains in the district's movie library, she said. Teaching materials in Florida schools are becoming increasingly contentious as Republican state lawmakers have pushed for restrictions of lessons and instructional tools involving race, white supremacy, illegitimate, sexuality and gender, totally legitimate. Among the resulting legislation is a bill Governor Ron DeSantis signed last year that requires books in classroom libraries, libraries be pre-approved materials or vetted by a special media specialist trained by Florida's Department of Education, trained or specially chosen and hired by the Department of Education. Remember last week when I was talking about in Texas, yeah, Houston, we're going to get rid of the school board. We'll install some folks <clears throat> chosen by us who will not do troublesome things like teach history. They won't do troublesome things like that. I'm going to show you a picture from the article, and this picture says so much. You see, this is why they don't want us making our own films. They don't want us making our own films. They don't want us putting together our own stuff. You know, I'm not saying this film was made by black people. What I'm saying here is that when you put together a film, you can control imagery. You can show these things as it happened or as it affected you. Think about this little girl here. This puts it in this proper context. This is a little tiny child surrounded by a bunch of white men in a place where grown white folk are sitting up here yelling racial slurs and, and racial threats at a child. This little baby has got grown folk out there terrorizing her simply for existing. They don't want you to teach that this is America. This is America's history. So when you start seeing parallels between that and today, then you start understanding what you're dealing with when you see the Ron DeSantis's show themselves. Because at this time, they were still lynching black folk, burning black homes, killing black civil rights leaders, killing black civil rights workers, killing random black folk. That's what they do. That image right there is very powerful for you to see. 
because that puts it in its proper context so that you can see it in full color. Now it puts it in its proper context. That affects you. To actually see what it is, that affects people. And I'm not just talking about white society. I'm talking about black society. When you see your little black babies being treated like this, that affects you. That affects you. This is the whole reason they don't want you to talk about this. The article goes on to say here, two weeks before the movie was shown to second graders at North Shore Elementary, permission forms were sent to the students' parents along with a link to the Ruby Ridges trailer, Mascarena said. Oh! Well, that puts it in its proper context, doesn't it? So in other words, the school board was, the school was, in, and the school board is by default, they were basically telling the parents, now, if one of you would like to make an objection, now that we have a new law in place, we would like to offer some of you to make an objection. Well, before we show this, is there anybody out there? We need our hands to be clean. So you see, we need to know if somebody would like to make an objection. We'd like to know if someone would like to object to that. So we're sending this home with a bunch of permission forms. We want the parents to give us permission. Can we find a parent who will object somewhere so that we have plausible deniability and excuse to go ahead and say, oh, well, we can't show this. There are parents who are objecting to it. This is what they're up against now. They go on to say that the parent who filed the objection was among the two families that opted to not have their students watch the movie, she said. So in other words, two parents and only one. Only one made a complaint. There were two parents, but the other one didn't make a complaint. So you see, they basically carpet bombed to see can we get somebody to object to this so we can have an excuse not to show it. Quote, it was communicated with the parent that the school would not have any future showings during this school year as the movie had already been shown, Mascarena said. So they're saying it was communicated with the parent that they wouldn't be showing this movie anymore because for the school year because it's already been shown. That didn't stop anything now, did it? So what does that tell you this is really about? The film's namesake, Ruby Bridges, was six when she became the first black student to attend William France Elementary School in New Orleans on November 14, 1960. Flanked by four federal marshals, Bridges passed through an angry crowd of white people hurling slurs and protesting her presence after the desegregation of New Orleans schools was ordered by a federal judge. Six years after the Supreme Court made racial segregation in public schools illegal with Brown versus Board of Education, the film is a dramatized retelling of her story. Tori Ann Johnson, the film's screenwriter, told CNN she believes second graders are not too young to watch the movie if their teacher can provide historical context and answer their questions. Teachers across the country have told her 
The movie is a valuable teaching tool, she said. Quote, the reason I think the second grade is not too young is that by that age, children are recognizing racial differences. Ruby was six years old when she desegregated William France, Johnson said. If children are old enough to be called the N-word and learn what it means, then it's my opinion that second graders who are seven and eight years of age can and should begin to learn about the history of racism in this country, Johnson said. Parent, quote, parents who don't want their children to learn this story in public schools should have the right to opt out, she said, but they should not have the right to prevent teachers from teaching the Ruby Bridges story to other children receiving a public school education. Don't you all understand that the folks who most go around talking about we're all the same, those are the people who most practice white supremacy. Tucker Carlson and Fox News love to go around saying we shouldn't discuss our racial differences. Then they turn right around and defend white supremacy at every turn. Now, when it comes to promoting whiteness and white supremacy, two thumbs up. The, from the very same people who tell you that race shouldn't matter. But what that does is it connects to what Dr. Claude Anderson has always taught us. This isn't about race not mattering. What they're trying to say is that we want to freeze the world in place. We want to maintain the status quo. White people used racism and white supremacy to get where they are. Now that they are where they are, they want everyone else to say in unison, ain't no white supremacy, leave everything the way it is. Let's be very clear. These are not laws meant to spare people's feelings. By the way, these are from the same folk who tell you that political correctness is wrong and that you shouldn't be so sensitive. Then they turn right around and tell you, oh, we don't want to teach about white supremacy, American white supremacy in schools because, well, there are some parents who say it's sensitive. In other words, they want the right and the ability to teach and practice white supremacy, but they want your children to be completely ignorant to it. Then they get to turn around and tell you, <clears throat> well, there's no real racism. And if you do encounter it, well, those people are just <clears throat> ignorant. Those people are just ignorant. I mean, no, they're not necessarily racist. They're, they're just ignorant, you know. As if ignorance is a shield of racism, though. As if you can't, as if racism and ignorance do not coexist. We are up against a world war to erase our experience from the world. Because if you can erase white supremacy, then you've already erased reparations. You've already erased it. It's already gone. If you can erase white supremacy, if you can get black folk to sit up here and just ignore it, overlook it, dismiss it, explain it away, then there's no need to fight reparations because the folk that you're up against are going to say everything's fine, everything's great, maintain the status quo.
White supremacy now is about the big lie. White supremacy now is about promoting the big lie. And the big lie today is ain't no racism, ain't no white supremacy. That was a long time ago, you know, three or four decades ago. And we don't have to worry about that anymore. That even though we didn't do anything to fix it, your children literally had to be escorted to school by federal marshals. We did absolutely nothing, nothing at all to address these systemic inequities and discriminations. Nothing was done, and you should just go ahead and limp along. Now, now that we've gathered up all the wealth and we control it and we've hoarded over here, you all just go ahead and limp along. And if your children start to realize that something's wrong, you see, y'all gotta understand, most parents are not historical scholars. That's just the bottom line of the truth of it. Most parents are not historical scholars. So they rely on other people to put these things together. Look, everybody doesn't have the same level of cognitive ability to be able to recite and recall the facts and figures and the names and the dates and put them in their proper context. There are a bunch of you who may think that I'm a pretty smart guy, but even I don't consider myself to be on the level of a Dr. John Henry Clark or a Chancellor Williams or a Joseph Binyakanan. I don't consider myself to be on that level, which is why I had to learn from them. So you see, if you can silence the teachers, then what you have are these great big huge gaps in your learning and these great big huge gaps in your understanding. So you might start in one place and then you break off into babble later. You might start good in one area, but then you're going to break off into babbling somewhere else. So this is why it is so important for them to just annihilate this and remove this. You see, this is why Nate, and the other thing is, books today, don't y'all realize the school system went on a campaign to get rid of the books? There's a bunch of school districts around America now don't even have physical books anymore. Do you all understand that? They're giving the kids laptops or or tablets, digital tablets. There's a bunch of them that don't even have physical books anymore. During the pandemic, there's a bunch of schools got rid of the physical books. They're like, okay, this will make it a whole lot easier. So y'all are sitting up here talking about read the books and the kids are like, book? What is that? What do you mean? I got my tablet here. I got my laptop. Got it right here. So you see, if you don't know about the destruction of black civilization, if you don't know about the ISIS papers, if you don't know about the miseducation of the Negro, if you don't know about those things, then you can't go there. And let's just be honest, even the HBCUs don't teach, properly teach our elder scholars. The HBCUs don't properly teach them. So the truth of the matter is, y'all can like it or not, but the truth of the matter is that most, most, the majority of your kids, they get introduced to these concepts through mass media, and that includes the internet. So you see, when I was a child, we had heard about the spook who sat by the door, but we couldn't really get our hands on it until the internet came around about. 
but we still had books and people were still connected to the civil rights movement. So we learned a lot more then. These kids today, they don't have anybody connected to the civil rights movement in their family anymore. They don't have any more. We, Spike Lee already did the Malcolm X film back in the 90s. He already did the Malcolm X film. Somebody tell me where the next one's coming from. You see, when you turn your TV today, you see black gangsters, but there's no historical context being put to it. I would, I would suggest to you that you would learn a hell of a whole lot more from watching something like Boardwalk Empire or Peaky Blinders. Those television series at least have historical context that at least touch on the real world, even if they are heavily fictionalized or dramatized. With black folk, you got a series that mentions Bumpy Johnson, but does it truly put Bumpy in his proper historical context? And you might mention Malcolm X, but does it really put Malcolm in his proper historical context? That's my point. So your children are being introduced to these things and they might touch them or blush and blush them in passing. That's all. So you see, when you start sanitizing this, that's a problem. When I was in high school, um, when I took Spanish in high school, basically a standard across the board is Spanish in high schools. They make you watch Stand and Deliver. They either watch, make you watch Stand and Deliver or American Me. Edward James Olmos. American Me, I couldn't make it through the whole film. But Stand and Deliver wasn't bad. The story of Jaime Escalante. Cool story. Great. Wonderful. Well-directed, well-acted. Whole nine yards. Fantastic. That's their experience. You should be aware of that if you're a black person, specifically you in California. You should certainly be aware of that. That's great. But you see, when it comes to us, all of a sudden, we got to remove everything. We got to get rid of that and scrub everything. Well, this is the history hasn't happened. Well, I, political correctness is wrong, but I'm offended by this movie. Well, the movie is the movie lying. No, but it'll make the kids think bad things about white folk. No, it will make them think bad things about white supremacy. Let's be very clear, folks. These people, this so-called parent, they're not worried about children having a bad opinion of white people. They're worried that your children are going to have a bad opinion of white supremacy. After all, it's white men who are escorting this little girl into the building. So any child can naturally see that everyone here isn't practicing racism against them. What it will do is make sure that they can actually start telling a distinction. But if you teach them, so all of a sudden you start hearing this concept of a black Wall Street, and then you hear what happened to it. But then for those of us who continued our education, we started saying, by the way, you do know that that nomenclature, that nickname, Black Wall Street, that was just one assigned to many different places across this country. Wilmington, Rosewood, this was many places. 
that had thriving black communities, which were built on thriving black economies in Florida. You talk about Rosewood. How many of y'all want to talk about Eatonville? Oh, I got that correctly. They still have, they have an arch there. Oldest black municipality. Somebody said Detroit. Still there today. You go through the damn thing. I think there's like a family dollar or something. No, they race But if we don't sit here and teach you about this now, then you don't realize it. Yeah, you, if you haven't been to, uh, you go to Orlando, y'all are going to Disney World. Y'all better go start to look up these places. When I go to a city and I see a bunch of damn freeways through a place, you better recognize if there's a bunch of damn freeways, that's that's where your black neighborhoods used to be. But yeah, you want next time you want to go to Disney World, go check out Eatonville. You've had thriving black communities forever. The whole time. The whole time you've had that, but they're not, they don't teach you that. So when industrialization came and basically blighted these areas, they're hoping that nobody ever remembers. They're hoping no one ever remembers. So you hear about a late Lanier, but only if we in the modern day remind you, because the schools damn sure ain't going to tell you. The schools aren't going to tell you. My hometown of Shreveport, Louisiana, a large black former slave enclave. They called it Moortown. Then they dropped the damn airport on it. Yeah, how are we going to deal with Moortown? Oh, that's easy. We're building the Shreveport Regional Airport. Right where you are. So glad y'all got this here. We're gonna build the Streetboard Regional Airport right here, right here. I just heard about there, there. There you go. You know, there's plenty of land down there on the white folks' side of town. Yeah, but there's plenty of niggas over here. So let's get them cement trucks coming. So you see, that doesn't get taught in the history books. They tell you that you're poor. And they'll gloss over the Homestead Act. Let me tell you about how demonic history is taught in this country. You all only understand the context and the significance of the Homestead Act because of the new black media. But do you know who you didn't get it from? You didn't get it from your school books. Even if your school books taught you about the Homestead Act, they only mention the Homestead Act as being something that assisted white people. They say immigrants, but they don't say white immigrants because those are the only people who could get assistance through the Homestead Act. But when they, if they teach you about the Homestead Act, they don't put it in its historical context. You've been to school. You've had school books. Um, Rand McNally and McGraw-Hill and, and, and Harcourt Brace Jovanovich. Yeah, but you notice when they teach about the Homestead Act in those books, they don't teach you how the Homestead Act affected you today. They just tell you it was something the government made to expand the country and to encourage people to settle. But they don't put it in its historical context so that you understand, by the way, the white kids sitting next to you in class, they are the recipients and beneficiaries of the Homestead Act. Their ancestors were given hundreds of acres of free land and money 
and supplies to get themselves started on a good foot when they got here. Your people were blocked at the front door and never got this. And even if you go through World War I and World War II, the GI Bill did not a damn thing for black soldiers. Because the GI Bill, you know, we're giving you a GI Bill to go buy a house. Yeah, but the problem is they were going back to segregated communities. So they have a GI Bill that they can't use because they can't buy a house with it. Because it doesn't, the issue was not that you didn't have the money. The issue is that you live in a system of white supremacy. And if that's not put in its proper context, then you will read, your children will read the words Homestead Act without understanding. I'll be damned. This is why the white side of town is, quote, unquote, the good side of town. Because they're drawing upon centuries of wealth. Centuries. So even in the history books that you all have read, it wasn't until the new black media came along that they put these things in proper context. When Dr. Claude Anderson came along and put those things in his proper context, when Jason Black comes along and talks about the GI Bill and puts it in his proper context, you see GI Bill and you only know what it is today and can't figure out why black folk are still behind when you had the GI Bill since World War II. No, we haven't had use of the GI Bill until the 70s. Everybody else had a 30, 40 year head start. And truth be told, we still don't have proper use of it now because they usually go smuggling you off in some military town. <coughs> so when we talk about history, it's been up to the new black media to educate folk because even for those of you who read it in the books, without the proper context, you're just as ignorant as you were before you picked up that book. So when you talk about the black Wall Streets and then we talk about those things, you notice your book in Florida isn't going to teach you about Rosewood nor Eatonville. Do you understand that? Your history books in Florida will not teach you about either Rosewood nor Eatonville, (laughs) much less Wilmington, much less Tulsa, much less Seneca Village. We can sit here naming names all night, but time is uh, at a premium, so I won't do that. But you all know we can keep going. Philadelphia, Chicago and other places, we can keep going for a while. We're not going to do it. Not tonight. Maybe some other time. Maybe some other time. But I want you to understand what you're looking at there. I want you to understand what you're looking at there. So when you hear about these places around the country, even if you've seen the history, if it's not given to you in its proper context, you'll hear a word and never be able to make that connection. You'll hear a word and never be able to make that connection because it wasn't taught to you properly. This is why it is essential for you to have the history taught to you and to know it. And the schools have backed out of it. So for those of us who have taken up the task of putting it into popular media and putting it into a form that's convenient for you to digest. Putting it in a form that's convenient for you to digest. So we've made documentary films. We've gotten together scholars. We've taken money and time from ourselves, from our families, from our duties, because wasn't nobody else doing it. Because they're erasing these things from your schools. 
your children are coming home and you're just assuming that they're reading the same books you are. And meanwhile, they've whitewashed it and erased it. Now they're just trying to outlaw it altogether. So you know about Tulsa, but your kids don't. Do you all understand that in Wilmington, even right now, there basically is an effort to basically make it where you can't learn about the it wasn't even a race riot, folks. Race riot is two kinds of a word. It was, as Vox said, it was the overthrowing of a black government. What happened in Wilmington was nothing short of the overthrow of a duly elected black government. The white folk came in and said, yeah, it doesn't matter that we're the minority, we're the majority of the money and the majority of the guns. You niggas is out tonight. Yeah, we lost the election, but we won reloading our rifles. And that is what they are still on to this very day. That's the point I'm making to you. They are still on a mission and a campaign to this very day. That if they can't win an election and now they can't win elections, well, that's okay. We'll just gangster our way through it. Yeah, we're not teaching those books. Yeah, you can't watch those movies. Yeah, we're not going to do that. Understand something. I get black folk today who ask me about reading lists to this day. Then folks don't have that. They ask me about that to this day. Now they're telling you, oh, they don't even know what movies to watch. And you know what? It's kind of understandable since Hollywood has become one big damn mean Sodom and Gomorrah factory. Folks are like, yeah, we can't really trust them. We can't. Hollywood has an agenda most of the time, so people don't really know where to go and what to look at then. They don't even know where to start so they can begin their learning. They don't trust Hollywood, and understandably so. We haven't really had the, the black folk in Hollywood funding these things properly. So you got black folk, depending on a white studio, to hopefully maybe fund it, which is why those of us in the grassroots media had to do it ourselves. Even with our meager resources, we had to do it ourselves. Now you got people talking about our documentaries around the world, but it isn't because the Hollywood corporate system has done it. It's not because of them. It's not because of them. And they, they want it from a reputable source. There's a whole bunch of folks out there. They write books. And can we just keep it real? They sit up here and go on their hotel hallucinations. What they're saying isn't rooted in any real fact. They're talking about their status corrections. Or they're approaching you with either distorted or obsolete information. They, they have a real good habit. They don't really go through their files to clean up the files to discard the obsolete information. They just keep regurgitating it as if it's still viable. So it makes it, it can make it hard sometimes. It can be a challenge sometimes to sift through the garbage and get to what's real. It can be a challenge to do it. I understand that. The schools are supposed to be aiding in that, but the schools have taken to outright warfare against it. The schools are at war against it. And now to the point that they don't even want to tell your children what they should watch. 
They flooded black society. We used to have BET. The white folk took it over. Now BET is the buffoon factory. You know, if your HBCUs were worth a damn, you wouldn't necessarily need the new black media. You'd have the black students at the HBCUs. They'd be film students and they'd be telling their own stories. If I could get some DSLRs and some lavalier mics and some lighting and go do that, how the hell is it these college kids are at these campuses and these campuses aren't teaching them the basics? They aren't even teaching them the basics. How the hell is it you can have a whole damn black educational institution and you can't educate these kids on how to set up a camera and some lights and a microphone? But I'll be damned if the school wants to do a damn fundraiser, all of a sudden you got cameras, lights, action. I want y'all to think about that for a few moments. While you're worried about the white schools and the public education systems, just understand the HBCUs are guilty of abandonment and malfeasance. They're not teaching these young black folk who are already chomping at the bit, many of them revolutionary minded, but you let the revolution get stale. So unless they run into us by accident, they don't have any grounding. No, you all learn more from me than you learn from any of your HBCU professors. You learn more here. You found out more here. But understand, it isn't because those people didn't know. They were, they were here to maintain the status quo, and that includes the professors at your HBCUs. Y'all got to understand, most of your so-called professors and teachers at HBCUs, they just waiting for a white school to give them a call. Shout out Deion Sanders. Oh, boy. Let me set that off. Let me just quit now. I, just, I think I just stepped in. Let me just, let me just stop there. While you're worried about the football teams at these schools, there are simple things these schools could be doing that would change everything. Harvard and Stanford and Yale and all these schools, they got incubators. The HBCUs ain't incubating nothing except teaching gender studies and cross-dressing, and that's all. The history thrown out the window from your, your so-called historically black colleges that no longer serve black people. So I understand in the modern era, I understand in the modern era, a lot of folks consume these things digitally. Hey, for those of you from the books and pamphlets era, I got a news flash for you, my dude. Folks today consume stuff digitally. If you don't have a digital avenue for it, Man, you're behind. They consume these things digitally. By digitally, I mean with the assistance of an electronic device of some kind. Man, when you and I were kids, audiobooks were a novelty. Today, hell, they can take the text of an audiobook and they got, you know, programs that will read it for you. So making audiobooks is easier than ever. This not only is this what they're offered, in many cases, this is what they're required. 
there's a bunch of these folks here. For those of you who don't know, there's a bunch of y'all. But you know, because you're in places like that, with the schools are telling you that you gotta buy a tablet. They're sitting up here telling the parents, we don't do books anymore. Everything we're doing is on tablets and laptops. They're telling the parents this. There's a bunch of y'all with kids in school districts, and you see your nieces and nephews. They're like, oh, no, we don't do books anymore. They tell us you got to get a tablet. You got to get a, 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 a Chromebook. You got to have one. You got to have it. It's a requirement. So the folks still sitting up here talking about the paper books era, and there's nothing wrong with paper books, and there are still plenty of paper books out there. But I want you to understand, the young people today, man, look here. Dude, they ain't looking for the bookstore. And Amazon isn't even a bookstore to them. It's all about Kindle and e-books. You better understand, that's how they're consuming it. And if we want to reach them, this is the bottom line. Jason, why do y'all got to make these documentaries? Understand something. When you listen to some coonskin cat wearing boot licking butt hands and bastard sitting up here talking, y'all making money off the community. Because this, we're not making money off the community. The community is funding this because they understand the necessity of it because our educational institutions aren't even trying. Public broadcasting doesn't do this. We had Tony Brown decades ago. We ain't got a Tony Brown anymore. You got Skip Gates and Tavis Smiley, neither one serving the people. So the butt dancing clowns sitting up here chewing on their fezzes but producing nothing. We actually got up off our rumps over here and said, we're going to get to work so we can talk about where we've been and where we're at. So that they got some knowledge and expertise of it. And now they can buy it on DVD. They can get it on streaming. It's actually available to them in a form in which they can consume it in conjunction with their daily lives. We got to get to these people where they are. The bottom line is we got to reach people where they are, not where we wish they were. And if the audience is on DVD, if the audience is on the internet, if the audience is on ebook, then we better be on DVD, on streaming, and on ebook. We better be there. You know why? Because if we aren't, the white supremacists will be. You don't hear Prager University complaining about books, do you? I won't even bother doing the mic drop. Let me tell you something to the big coconut head idiots out there complaining about those of us actually doing something while you're sitting on your little short stubby butts doing nothing. Prager University isn't complaining about the lack of a book reading list. They just grab Carol, what's her face, and uh, Candace Owens and put a battery in their back and go shove them on YouTube and let them spit lie after oozing, putrid, disgusting, despicable lie. That's what they do. While you sitting up here trying to lecture somebody about getting their library card. You damn Neanderthal. 
the Brookings Institute, Forbes, Fox, you don't hear any of them complaining about the lack of books. They, they were all at the forefront of getting into digital media and being broadcast digitally. They don't even mention that stuff anymore. These are folks that have actual publications that they're supposed to make money off of publishing. And yet you see them fully invested in it digitally. They're investing in it digitally. That does research you. I mean, that's not that deal. So we got to reach the people where they are, not where we wish they were. We got to get them where they're at, not where we wish they were at. We got to start talking to people where they're at. See, this is how you end up 50 damn light years behind everybody else. You want to quibble. Well, you know, real people carry library cards and go into a book. You know, all you folks here with your iPads and your iPhones and you download these books. You know, kind of lazy when you think about it right there. And this clown is sitting up here while his kids are learning chapter and verse of Kansas Owens and the alt-right and ain't no racism and ain't no white supremacy. Being to them live and direct from YouTube for free. For free. While you're sitting up here trying to hold on to some anachronism, look it up. While you're trying to sit up here and hold on to some obsolete bygone era, we need to be able to speak all the necessary languages, not just the ones that you're comfortable with. So in the 21st century, these young kids, teenagers, adolescents, hell, young adults, do y'all understand that if you're 20 years old today, You've never known a time that there wasn't an iPhone. From the time that you could communicate with the world, there was a cellular phone with a screen that lit up and had pictures on it. If you're 15 years old, you have never known a time that there wasn't a smartphone. You've never known a world that didn't have a smartphone. Just like those from my generation never knew a world that didn't have a television or a radio. I'm sorry, a color television. Hell, they were based now black and white then. Some of us are old enough to remember when there were still just straight black and white TVs. They were phasing those out. So if you're 15 or 20 years old, you've never known a time that there wasn't a smartphone. And then you got folks sitting up here telling you about books. Meanwhile, they put the annotated history of the world in the palm of your hand. And you got somebody telling you about go, go drive to the library. They sound like the horse and buggy salesmen of the 1900s. That's why we have to be up to date and ahead of the curve and in touch with reality. So this is the medium upon which these things are being communicated. We have to be able to reach folk where they're at, not where we wish they were. And by them saying that these are the mass media outlets and content that they are going to ban, we don't even, we're not even in the race to be able to even introduce the thoughts to them. We're not even in the race to introduce the thoughts. We're on the sidelines. Hell, we're not even in the sidelines. We're outside the damn stadium trying to scream at the top of our lungs, hoping that somebody can hear us over the crowd. We're not even in the arena. 
We got to be on the inside, but recognize what's happening on the inside. This is what's going on on the inside. This is what they're doing. These folks are sick with it and serious about it. Erasing our history is a must because we have become focused on individuals becoming at least passingly knowledgeable about the major points of our experience in this country, which allows us as a group in this country to compare notes with each other. And because we're able to compare notes, then we're able to say, okay, we found the problem. Okay, we found the problem, we found an issue. Now we know what to actually do. Now we know what to actually do. At least we're, we're, you're starting to get on the same page. That's a scary ass thing in the system of white supremacy. A bunch of individuals getting on the same page. But hell, if I can teach you that white supremacy doesn't even exist, oh, well, we, we got rid of that now, didn't we? We eliminated that before we could even get started, didn't we? Now that we've convinced you that white supremacy didn't even exist, wasn't even there, hell, it's forbidden for you to talk about it in the classrooms. You're not even allowed to talk about it. You're not even allowed to discuss it. You're not even allowed to discuss it. That's what. That's the point that we're at right now. You're not even allowed to discuss it now. But we're going to do that here because I want it in this proper context. So when your kids, you can start talking to your kids. I remember Minister Louis Farrakhan talking about that decades ago. When your children come home from these killing fields at these schools, you better debrief them. You better debrief them Find out what the hell they've been telling them in these classrooms. You better start debriefing your children. If you got nieces and nephews, some of y'all might have screwball-ass brothers and sisters, you better start debriefing your nieces and nephews. Somebody better talk to them with some sense. If you know you got a coon-ass brother or a coon-ass sister, you better start debriefing your little nieces and nephews. Say, look here, I know your mama is a damn fool. What are they telling you at this school? Well, they told me that George Washington loved his his workers. What workers were those? The ones out in the cotton fields. So they mixed the truth with lies. Oh, they admitted that George Washington had a co- cotton field. Yes, but they told you those folk were just his friendly workers. Yes, he even had a chef who cooked for him. He loved his chef. Him and his chef were good friends. Boss, sit your little ass down, so let me give you, tell you the facts of life here. Let me explain this to you. Let me show you this. When you get back to school, you ask your teacher what I'm about to tell you to ask them. And see what happens when you do. Next thing you know, boy, your kids come back from school the next day. They got a damn hangdog expression on their face. They talk about they got put in the corner of the classroom for 30 minutes. They took the star off their foreheads. What happened to you? Teacher didn't like it. What's wrong? You know, I questioned him about George Washington's chef. What'd they say? They said, who taught you that? 
I just said, is it true? They told me sit in the back of the classroom, your class was over. At that point, you ain't got to teach them white supremacy. They just lived it. Now you ain't got to teach them. They just lived it. Next thing you know, now they're looking at their coon-ass parents. Why is it daddy don't talk to me like that? Mama, they never mentioned this here before. Look, I hate to tell you, she's my sister. I love her, but she's a coon. Her and Candace always wearing the same damn coon boots, to be told. Anything else you want to know about that, you come talk to me. Don't talk to them. You already messed up to begin with. It's just going to get worse. So just come talk to me. Just come talk to me. This will make it a whole lot easier for everybody. Because you're just going to be in bad shape talking to me. This is where we're at today. There is a war to erase our history. Because our history built this country, but it's also going to shape this country's future. It's going to determine what will happen in the future. That's why it is so essential that they erase it now. And remember what I taught you all here almost 10 years ago. I told you they're, they're going to drop the polite tones, remember? Remember, I told you they're just going to get blatant with it. As their numbers do with our commercial break, when we come back, I've got some more stuff I want to show you here. And then we'll get to your phone calls before we do. I want to thank everyone, everyone, everybody who has contributed to tonight's program here. My PayPal, Cash App, Super Chat, Venmo. Thank you very much to NJ Williams and everybody else there in the Super Chat. We appreciate your support. Big shout out here to Brenda Starr, Mr. Sutherland, Rhonda, Mr. Isaiah, Keith, Andrew L., and everyone else who has contributed to tonight's program. My PayPal, Cash App, Super Chat. It is April, which is something of a holy month to white supremacy, but many of you know that this is black, uh, New Black Media Appreciation Month, so thank you to everybody there who's shown their appreciation of what we do. We have tried to do our part by being unapologetic, unadulterated, and uncompromising, and we will continue to do so. We're going to take a very brief commercial, non-commercial break. This is the Black Channel. Ben Art Motion Pictures, your leading production house for handmade high-end movies for us by us. Grab your popcorn and drinks as Ben Art Motion Pictures presents you with binge-worthy visual entertainment that will leave you breathless. Stream all our titles for free. Visit our website to see Noxious, Noxious 2, Cold Case, and Valley of the Queens. Planned obsolescence. These power-packed, innovative, and unforgettable flicks tick the boxes of all you could ever want in a movie. And coming soon to keep you at the edge of your seat. Await our most anticipated movie release. Escape from Velocity. In our motion pictures, broadcast excellence. Look for us on Tony Amazon and wherever movies are streamed. today to experience all the benefits of ash kicking natural body butter with skin so smooth and soft we'll thank us for it shop ash kicking all the that's a-s-h-k-i-c-k-i-n.com
Greetings, brothers and sisters. My name is Joe Jackson from the Foundation of Black Americans, and I introduced World IT to the goal of helping the family globally. The industry's been changing, and I've learned a lot. But how did we get here? How do we navigate issues we face in the workplace? How can we get our house in order? Read the concepts and intricacies of being black in IT, now on Amazon, as well as the best-selling guide to being black in IT. Go to beingblackinit.com. More Threads, a brand owned by a descendant of Black American freedmen, was created to uniquely address Black American history and contributions that have been intentionally hidden and suppressed. Use their apparel and more to learn and share the Black American history of Black inventions, heroes, towns, Black business districts, and more. Sign up and support not only a Black-owned business, but a movement at www.morethread.co. Hi, this is Brenda Starr, creator of Poetry with a Purpose and author of the book, Press But Not Crush. Press But Not Crush is an anthology of political poems that address current and historical issues in American descendants of slave population and African-American population. The book describes slavery and its residuals, Jim Crow segregation, social depredation, and other relevant issues to American descendants of slaves and African-Americans, including the current political climate that does not address our issues. This is the Black Channel. I am your host, your brother, your humble serving the Black Authority. Very glad to be on here this evening. And we spoke about the past here. I want to take a moment here to review about the future of the blind in the world and all that be very, very necessary for you here today. Why would it be necessary for you? And the reason for it here is because there are some things that you learn going forward. When you start knowing where you've been, then you start talking about things radically differently. Jason, what do you mean by radically differently? Uh, I'll give you one example, one case in point here. And there are a lot of folks here, if you want to know one of the reasons why Marcel has always had my respect is because Marcel has made it his job to actually show up at these places and take folk to task. He has not, he has actually done the footwork. He actually has an opportunity, he shows up, not only does he show up, he is competent. He knows what he's talking about. He doesn't fumble the ball. He does a very good job in that regard. Well, recently, Marcel ran into Marianne Williamson, who's yet again claiming she wants to run for president. And unfortunately for her, the presidential campaign is off to a rough start because Marcel was there doing what Marcel does. Jason, what was that? Well, you remember she said she supports reparations. Uh, unfortunately for her, there was someone there to hold her feet to the fire. When that happened, Let's just say the real thing started to come out. I Germany, Germany paid reparations. Well, so 
Now, understand what you're hearing there. The U.S. government facilitated that. Oh, do you know how much you can get done when you got the muscle of the U.S. government behind you? Hell, we wouldn't have any issues today as black people if we had the muscle of the U.S. government actually actively behind us to get other people to do. She's saying, well, it wasn't the U.S. government that paid it. It was the, the U.S. government leaning on other people. Do you know how much we could get done if we could get the damn U.S. government to lean on the folk who owe us? Well, then again, the U.S. government owes us. So, But anyway, if they would lean on other people, could you imagine what we could get done if the U.S. government showed up like that? Because the U.S. government has shown up where black people are concerned. They have shown up where the descendants of slaves and foundationals are concerned. They have shown up all right. They've shown up on the side of the white supremacists and the other people. They've shown up on their side to facilitate white supremacy. So they've shown up to help them. So, yeah, could you imagine what we could get done if the U.S. government, quote, helped facilitate some things for us? That'd be kind of nice, wouldn't it? So put that in this proper damn context. That's a hell of a lot when you got the U.S. government to, quote, facilitate. That means to lean on people and say, hey, you need to do this over here. Yeah, that would do a hell of a whole lot of wonders for us. That'd do a hell of a lot of wonders for us. If we could get some facilitation over here. And furthermore, the U.S. government doesn't facilitate things for everybody. Do you realize what a special dispensation that has to be for the U.S. government to, quote, facilitate something for you? That's called, that in and of itself is a special dispensation. That's a special dispensation right there in and of itself. Trying to act like that's some irrelevant thing. Hell no, that's a special dispensation. That's major, major. Could you imagine showing up at the consulate in Dubai or the consulate in Australia and talk about you got you got representatives from the U.S. government who are there saying, yes, we're here to help facilitate uh, this $100 billion transaction with new black media. Okay, the U.S. government ain't paying yet, but you got the U.S. government's muscle fully backing you? Man, are you kidding? What the hell are you trying to pull? That's major. They don't just do that for everybody. Hell, we can't get the damn U.S. government to, 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 to facilitate a pardon for Marcus Garvey, the man been dead for decades. We can't get that now. We can't get it now.
offering them your floor in the world of sales we call it the floor which is the minimum that you're willing to accept you don't tell them the minimum you're willing to accept you tell them the maximum that you think you can demand you hit them with the max you hit them with the top shelf and you do exactly what marcel is doing you don't quiver in your voice you don't mumble the number you don't stumble over the words you don't equivocate you don't sit up here and mush and you know i mean i mean a trillion a trillion dollars is given I mean, really though is maybe about you know about 
This is the here and now happening here. This is where we are today, not where we were in 1823 or even 1923. This is what we got to deal with right now, today. Right here in the here and now. You damn right, 30, 40 trillion is a good start. Let the bidding start there because nobody else is watching their history of historic brutalization that has defined the continent. We are the ones who have been worst affected. Nobody else is watching their history get erased in real time. And it didn't take thousands of white people to do it. It took, by their own admission, just one or two. So let me get this straight. One or two white people can decide what all the black folk at one school get to see or don't get to see. And they weren't even elected. So understand, now you're dealing with what we call, for you all, we told you this over the course of the last decade and a half, deputizing white supremacy by sending that thing out and saying, we sent, we let everybody know that we're going to show the movie, and we sent it with permission slips. So if anybody wanted to object, they it wouldn't be getting our hands dirty. So we're outsourcing it to other people. Oh. That's deputizing white oh. supremacy. That's deputizing it. You've allowed anybody at that school, anybody in that district, now they become, you've deputized them to say, by the way, if you want to help us out, all you got to do is write a letter. And oh, yeah, we won't even demand that you stand by it. We won't even demand that your name is out there, so you got to stand by this. Hell, we don't even know if it's a real person. Because they redacted the name before they told anybody. Hell, how do you know it ain't the damn, what's her name, Macarena's, whatever her name is? How do you know it's not her? We don't know who it is. But you're telling me that one parent can sit up here and say, one white parent can sit up here and say, we don't want to teach American history. You damn right we need reparations. This is what's happening to the descendants of the slaves today. And it's not just in Florida, Florida, Tennessee, Texas, Louisiana, down the list. This is happening to us right now. You damn right, it's in the trillions. You know why? Because you haven't stopped doing what you were doing. And this is our proof that the campaign of systemic racism and degradation specifically against the descendants of the slaves, this is our proof that it's still ongoing today. It isn't dead and gone. This isn't your ancestors who did it. This is you now. And the process has never ended. It's never stopped. It's continued unabated and uninterrupted. These are not your ancestors doing it. This is you. I want you all to not just listen to me. I need for you to incorporate what I'm saying so that when you meet these arguments, folk in your family, the little kids who are being misinformed, you can explain it to them as plainly as I said it. This isn't something that happened 150 years ago. This is going on right damn me now. So yes, you're damn right. The, kid, the process of brutalizing us continues. It never stopped. It was never interrupted. And this is our proof that it never stopped. 
Therefore, the meter on our reparations is still running. You need to hurry up and pay this damn thing because the meter is still running. The ticket is still running. You're still abusing us now. You are still abusing us to this day. We are still absorbing grievances now, right now, tonight. You better believe the meter is still running. You better believe we're speaking about it as a present progressive. You better believe we're forward looking. You better believe we ain't we didn't stutter when we said trillions. You better believe, oh, we know exactly what that number is. You damn right. You damn right. Absolutely. But if they can erase your history, then they can erase your mind. And if they can erase your mind, then you never even think to remember this. Because understand, what they think they're going to do, they think they're going to stretch this out for another 40, 50 years. That's what they think they're going to do. And their plan is that all of us who made the most noise, if they can just stall us long enough, then hopefully the next generation will be so concerned with cell phones or VR glasses, whatever 3D displays, whatever the hell comes next, and whatever tennis shoes they have, and be like Back to the Future, they can walk on air or something. They're, hopefully your kids will be, the next generation of the generation after that will be so concerned and so absorbed with those things that they won't even be fighting like we are. Hell, as far as they're concerned, take a look at the civil rights generation. You see, the World War II generation was kicking things up. The civil rights generation, part of them was in the streets. A lot of them was just looking to go home. We stiff-armed them and offered them drugs and interracial sexual access. They went for it like a dog to a bone. So now their kids and grandkids are here. Well, if we stiff-arm them, don't worry. They come from the same cloth. We'll stiff-arm them, and they'll, they'll, they'll find something else to, to follow along. They'll find something else. That's what they think is going to happen. It's our job to show them that's not what's going to occur. However, you might disagree. Therefore, the telephone lines are now open. The number is 646-787-1933. That's 646-787-1933. Your personal access code. So the Lackers Radio Program exists is the only one of its kind on planet Earth today. As always, you are welcome to join us. Join tonight's program here because it is essential that we remember this, that we remember that this is the war going on. And I know that when I started the program, a lot of you didn't think I was going to end on this note by saying, bringing this 720 degrees, that yes, trying to erase our history in the history books is proof that the ongoing white supremacist assault on us continues to this day unabated we are being singled out because of our lineage we're being singled out because of our lineage they're making laws specifically targeting us they're taking actions specifically targeting us because of our lineage and that assault on us and our lineage continues to this very day no, you ain't gonna throw a, a couple hundred million dollars here and call it a day. No, you're not. The hell you are. No, you're not. We're gonna go ahead and help the phone lines here. 
Let me get caller from area code 571. You're on live. Black Channel, what's your name? Where you calling from? Yeah, that's official MGTOWN from Woodbridge, Virginia. What's going on with you? Official MGTOWN. Now, you are, you hear the babble. <laughs> nah, you're babbling. So let me ask you something. What, what is your affiliation with Gary L. Bledsoe? Call America 310. You're on live. Black Channel, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Good evening, Jason. My name is Derek out of Los Angeles. Uh, I just wanted to say about the, the whole book thing. Like, we got to meet the children where they are because white supremacy is forever adapted and evolving. So they always find us and meet us where we are, and they target us all the time. So we got to meet the children where they are. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like if we continue to uh, fall on that old read books, read books, then that's just going to breed us to become the next old nigga that you described for their generation. We won't get the respect from the last generation that we don't respect. You know what I'm saying? From yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of like so, when you see music change you know? or trends change or whatever. You know, young right. people young people will listen to their elders if they truly believe that the elder that they're listening to understands where they're at. Young people are going right. to listen to you, number one, if you are in life where they want to be, and number two, if they feel you understand where they are. If they if they feel confident in those two things about you, they will listen. What I've done for the last decade and a half, two decades, is a testament to that. Young people will listen. Problem, most of these older folk want to sit up here and ball out, go to the Cadillac dealership, the Mercedes dealership, and sit up here and act like they're in an island by themselves. Then they wonder why this young folk don't listen to them. Because they can't identify with you because they can see that you so obviously don't identify with them. If you're sitting here taking a look at their iPhone right. as if it's damn me ET spaceship, then you just lost them. But if they can see that you understand what that communicates to them is that you can be bothered and you care enough to understand. That matters to a young person. That you're not talking to them, just right. lecturing you and wagging your finger. That you've actually taken out the time to learn about their life and their experience, at least at a basic perfunctory level. Now they feel like they're talking to someone who understands, as opposed to them feeling, and you're just talking that way because you're out of touch. When you can show them, no, I'm perfectly in touch with what's going on. Then they're like, oh, so there's something I don't see? Now they'll listen. Right. So you have to, what I'm saying is you got to be multi-syllabic. You can't be monosyllabic. Right. You have to be multi Those of you who don't know, you can't just be monosyllable. You have to be able to speak in more than one language. You can't just be able to speak one or two words. You have to be able to speak in more than one language. You can't just speak about where you were. You got to speak about where you were, and then you have to be able to connect it to where they are. You do those two things, you got an audience. Thank you very much for giving us a call. Let me get Call America 662. You're on live with Black Channel. What's your name? Where you calling from? Yeah, this is commercial break. When we come back, I've got some more stuff I want to show you here, and then we'll get to your phone calls. Before we do, I want to thank everyone, everyone, everybody who has contributed to tonight's program here by PayPal, Cash App, Super Chat, Venmo. Thank you very much to NJ Williams and everybody else there in the Super Chat. We appreciate your support. Big shout out here to Brenda Starr. Mr. Sutherland, Rhonda, Mr. Isaiah, Keith, Andrew L., and everyone else who has contributed to this nice program by PayPal, Cash App, Super Chat, 
It is April, which is something of a holy month to white supremacy. But many of you know that this is black, uh, New Black Media Appreciation Month. So thank you to everybody there who has shown their appreciation of what we do. We have tried to do our part by being unapologetic, unadulterated, and uncompromising. And we will continue to do so. We're going to take a very brief commercial, non-commercial break. This is the Black Channel. Ben Art Motion Pictures, your leading production house for handmade, high-end movies for us, by us. Grab your popcorn and drinks as Ben Art Motion Pictures presents you with binge-worthy visual entertainment that will leave you breathless. Stream all our titles for free. Visit our website to see Noxious, Noxious 2, Cold Case, and Valley of the Queens. Planned obsolescence. These power-packed, innovative, and unforgettable flicks tick the boxes of all you could ever want in a movie. And coming soon to keep you at the edge of your seat. Await our most anticipated movie release. Escape from Velocity. In our motion pictures, broadcast excellence. Look for us on Amazon and wherever movies are streamed. today to experience all the benefits of ash kicking natural body butter with skin so smooth and soft your fingers will shop ash kicking all the that's a-s-h-k-i-c-k-i-n.com My name is Joe Jackson, the foundation of Black Americans, and I entered the school of IT with the goal of helping the family grow. The industry's been changing, and I've learned a lot. But how did we get here? How do we navigate issues we face in the workplace? How can we get our house in order? Read the concepts and intricacies of being Black in IT, now on Amazon, as well as the best-selling Guide to Being Black in IT, go to beingblackinit.com. More Threads, a brand owned by a descendant of Black American freedmen, was created to uniquely address Black American history and contributions that have been intentionally hidden and suppressed. Use their apparel and more to learn and share the Black American history of Black inventions, heroes, towns, Black business districts, and more. Sign up and support not only a Black-owned business, but a movement at www.morethread.co. Hi, this is Brenda Starr, creator of Poetry with a Purpose and author of the book, Press But Not Crush. Press But Not Crush is an anthology of political poems that address current and historical issues in American descendants of slave population and African-American population. The book describes slavery and its residuals, Jim Crow segregation, social depredation, and other relevant issues to American descendants of slaves and African-Americans, including the current political climate that does not address our issues.
This is the Black Channel. I am your host, your brother, your humble serving the Black Authority. Very glad to be with you all here this evening. And we spoke about the past here. I want to take a moment here to review about the future. Why in the world will all that be very, very necessary for you here today? Why would it be necessary for you? And the reason for it here is because there are some things that you learn going forward when you start knowing where you've been, then you start talking about things radically differently. Jason, what do you mean by radically differently? Uh, I'll give you one example, one case in point here. And there are a lot of folks here, if you want to know one of the reasons why Marcel has always had my respect is because Marcel has made it his job to actually show up at these places and take folk to task. He has not, he has actually done the footwork. He actually has an opportunity, he shows up, not only does he show up, he is competent. He knows what he's talking about. He doesn't fumble the ball. He does a very good job in that regard. Well, recently, Marcel ran into Marianne Williamson, who's yet again claiming she wants to run for president. And unfortunately for her, the presidential campaign is off to a rough start because Marcel was there doing what Marcel does. Jason, what was that? Well, you remember she said she supports reparations. Uh, unfortunately for her, there was someone there to hold her feet to the fire. When that happened, let's just say the real thing started to come out. I have to tell you, uh, I am into what you're talking about in reparations. The Jews were hard hard survivors. But they're not getting reparations from the American government. No, they're not. The American government did in 2014 agree to facilitate a $12 million payback. Now, understand what you're hearing there. The U.S. government facilitated that. Oh, do you know how much you can get done when you got the muscle of the U.S. government behind you? Hell, we wouldn't have any issues today as black people if we had the muscle of the U.S. government actually actively behind us to get other people to do. She's saying, well, it wasn't the U.S. government that paid it. It was the, the U.S. government leaning on other people. Do you know how much we could get done if we could get the damn U.S. government to lean on the folk who owe us? Well, then again, the U.S. government owes us. So, But anyway, if they would lean on other people. Could you imagine what we could get done if the U.S. government showed up like that? Because the U.S. government has shown up where black people are concerned. They have shown up where the descendants of slaves and foundationals are concerned. They have shown up all right. They've shown up on the side of the white supremacists and the other people. They've shown up on their side to facilitate white supremacy. So they've shown up to help them. So, yeah, could you imagine what we could get done if the U.S. government, quote, helped facilitate some things for us? That'd be kind of nice, wouldn't it? So put that in this proper damn context. That's a hell of a lot when you got the U.S. government to, quote, facilitate. That means to lean on people and say, hey, you need to do this over here. Yeah, that would do a hell of a whole lot of wonders for us. That'd do a hell of a lot of wonders for us. If we could get some facilitation over here. And furthermore, 
the U.S. government doesn't facilitate things for everybody. Do you realize what a special dispensation that has to be for the U.S. government to, quote, facilitate something for you? That's called, that in and of itself is a special dispensation. That's a special dispensation right there in and of itself. Trying to act like that's some irrelevant thing. Hell no, that's a special dispensation. That's major, major. Could you imagine showing up at the consulate in Dubai or the consulate in Australia and talk about you got you got representatives from the U.S. government who are there saying, yes, we're here to help facilitate uh, this $100 billion transaction with new black media. Okay, the U.S. government ain't paying yet, but you got the U.S. government's muscle fully backing you? Man, are you kidding? What the hell are you trying to pull? That's major. They don't just do that for everybody. Hell, we can't get the damn U.S. government to, 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 to facilitate a pardon for Marcus Garvey, the man been dead for decades. We can't get that now. We can't get it now.
the United States is not paying one dollar of reparations to Jews in the Holocaust. That is number one. And by the way, as far as some of the things you said about Roosevelt, which was true about the history of black people, we didn't do well by the Jews during the two years when we had to say that the same thing. So I will not stand here while anti Semitic talks with you. That's not anti Semitic. You hear that? I will not stand by about anti Semitic tropes. That's not an anti Semitic trope, ma'am. That's not anti Semitic. That's the truth. That's the truth. That's the truth. That's the, truth. That's the, truth. That's the, truth. the real damn thing came out now, didn't it? That didn't take very long now. It didn't take a bunch of leaning on her. All that took was just a couple of well-placed statements. Next thing you know, the real thing came out. Now, there are some people, let me go ahead and address this right quick. There are some people who get real squeamish. They get real squeamish when we start discussing these numbers because to most of them, man, what y'all talking about over here? $30 trillion that you did bring you, man, in your, in your way. Man, that, that, that the whole GDP of the country for the next 50 million, thousand, hundred thousand, 50 million, gajillion years. Let me explain something to you people. When you are in negotiations on something, you don't offer people your floor. Some of y'all are pathetic negotiators. This is why you can't be, some of y'all are damn me Benjamin Crump. Some of y'all went to the Ben Crump school of negotiating against white supremacists. You just come to the door and look here, anything, anything you can do out here, I appreciate that. When you are in a negotiation, you don't sit up. Let me tell y'all something. If Johnny Cochran was alive today, that man would be saying a hundred trillion dollars. If Johnny Cochran were alive today, he'd be saying a hundred trillion. When you go into a negotiation, you don't sit up here offering them your floor in the world of sales. We call it the floor, which is the minimum that you're willing to accept. You don't tell them the minimum you're willing to accept. You tell them the maximum that you think you can demand. You hit them with the max. You hit them with the top shelf and you do exactly what Marcel is doing. You don't quiver in your voice. You don't mumble the number. You don't stumble over the words. You don't equivocate. You don't sit up here and mush. And you know, I mean, I mean, a trillion, a trillion dollars is given. I mean, really, though, is maybe about, you know, about 20, What was that number again? Well, you know, 20, 20, uh, 10, 20, um, this is how niggas, did you say niggas? This is how niggas sit up here and talk themselves out of things. We sit up here talking ourselves down. Remember what I taught you all. One of the first millionaires I had a chance to work for, he sat there and said, Jason, the price is the price. You don't move on your price. You let them figure out how they're going to pay it, but you never move on your price. The price is the price. See, this is how we sit up here and mess ourselves over because this is what these folk are used to. I want my generation and Generation X and Z and whatever comes out of that, I guess, negative zero one. 
y'all understand something. The civil rights generation wants to make wants to make people comfortable. Where the hell did that get us? This is about making folk comfortable. You have to be able to say in a straightforward voice exactly what it is you want because what the civil rights generation taught America was that if you just sit still long enough, black folk will eventually get up and walk away. That you don't have to actually give them anything. That if you just stand firm and keep telling them no, then they'll just eventually give up their demands or they just say, okay, well, what are you willing to give me? And then they'll just go ahead and flick some crumbs off the table and back home you go to the same damn messed up situation you came from. That's what the civil rights generation taught the world. That you can get rid of black folk if you just say no and then just leave them standing there that they will not demand more, and then if they don't get it, they won't start sitting up here agitating and making words trouble. All you got to do is just stand still and say no, and eventually they'll just give up and give in and walk away with nothing, or whatever little crumbs you want to flick at them. Understand that's the difference. And we have been working for the last decade to teach them that the old way is dead and gone. It's a new day. And we are not going to sit here and say what you, we're not here to make you comfortable. We're specifically here to make you uncomfortable. So no, the number is 30, 40 trillion. Yeah, that's a good start. That's a good damn start. Because you know what it means? It means that it'll make sure that even if you only hit close to that number, everything you needed got taken care of. Everything you needed got taken care of. That's what it means. Everything you needed done got taken care of. People, let me tell you something. Jason, why do you, why are you saying 30, 40 trillion dollars in reparations? That's why. That's not ancient history happening here. This is today happening here. This is the here and now happening here. This is where we are today, not where we were in 1823 or even 1923. This is what we got to deal with right now, today, right here in the here and now. You damn right, 30, 40 trillion is a good start. Let the bidding start there because nobody else is watching their history of historic brutalization that has defined the continent. We are the ones who have been worst affected. Nobody else is watching their history get erased in real time. And it didn't take thousands of white people to do it. It took, by their own admission, just one or two. So let me get this straight. One or two white people can decide what all the black folk at one school get to see or don't get to see and they weren't even elected so understand now you're dealing with what we call for you all we told you this hour over the course of the last decade and a half deputizing white supremacy by sending that thing out and saying we sent we let everybody know that we're going to show the movie and we sent it with permission slips so if anybody wanted to object they it wouldn't be getting our hands dirty so we're outsourcing it to other people. That's deputizing white supremacy. That's deputizing it. 
You've allowed anybody at that school, anybody in that district. Now they become you deputize them to say, by the way, if you want to help us out, all you got to do is write a letter. And oh yeah, we won't even demand that you stand by it. We won't even demand that your name is out there. So you got to stand by this. Hell, we don't even know if it's a real person. Because they redacted the name before they told anybody. Hell, how do you know it ain't the damn, what's her name, Macarena's, whatever name is? How do you know it's not her? We don't know who it is. But you're telling me that one parent can sit up here and say, one white parent can sit up here and say, we don't want to teach American history. You damn right we need reparations. This is what's happening to the descendants of the slaves today. And it's not just in Florida, Florida, Tennessee, Texas, Louisiana, down the list. This is happening to us right now. You damn right, it's in the trillions. You know why? Because you haven't stopped doing what you were doing. And this is our proof that the campaign of systemic racism and degradation specifically against the descendants of the slaves. This is our proof that it's still ongoing today. It isn't dead and gone. This isn't your ancestors who did it. This is you now. And the process has never ended. It's never stopped. It's continued unabated and uninterrupted. These are not your ancestors doing it. This is you. I want you all to not just listen to me. I need for you to incorporate what I'm saying so that when you meet these arguments, folk in your family, the little kids who are being misinformed, you can explain it to them as plainly as I said it. This isn't something that happened 150 years ago. This is going on right damn me now. So yes, you're damn right. The, kid, the process of brutalizing us continues. It never stopped. It was never interrupted. And this is our proof that it never stopped. Therefore, the meter on our reparations is still running. You need to hurry up and pay this damn thing because the meter is still running. The ticket is still running. You're still abusing us now. You are still abusing us to this day. We are still absorbing grievances now, right now, tonight. You better believe the meter is still running. You better believe we're speaking about it as a present progressive. You better believe we're forward looking. You better believe we ain't we didn't stutter when we said trillions. You better believe, oh, we know exactly what that number is. You damn right. You damn right. Absolutely. But if they can erase your history, then they can erase your mind. And if they can erase your mind, then you never even think to remember this. Because understand, what they think they're going to do, they think they're going to stretch this out for another 40, 50 years. That's what they think they're going to do. And their plan is that all of us who made the most noise, if they can just stall us long enough, then hopefully the next generation will be so concerned with cell phones or VR glasses 
whatever three G displays, whatever the hell comes next, and whatever tennis shoes they have, and be like Back to the Future, they can walk on air or something. They're, hopefully, your kids will be the next generation or the generation after that will be so concerned and so absorbed with those things that they won't even be fighting like we are. Hell, as far as they're concerned, take a look at the civil rights generation. You see, the World War II generation was kicking things up. The civil rights generation, part of them was in the streets, a lot of them was just looking to go home. We stiff armed them and offered them drugs and interracial sexual access. They went for it like a dog to a bone. So now their kids and grandkids are here. Well, if we stiff arm them, don't worry, they come from the same cloth. We'll stiff arm them and they'll, they'll, they'll find something else to, to follow along. They'll find something else. That's what they think is going to happen. It's our job to show them that's not what's going to occur. However, you might disagree. Therefore, the telephone lines are now open. The number is 646-787-1933. That's 646-787-1933. Your personal access code to the Lackers Radio Program exists. The only one of its kind on planet Earth today. As always, you are welcome to join us. Join tonight's program here because it is essential that we remember this, that we remember that this is the war going on. And I know that when I started the program, a lot of you didn't think I was going to end on this note by saying, bringing this 720 degrees, that yes, trying to erase our history in the history books is proof that the ongoing white supremacist assault on us continues to this day unabated. We are being singled out because of our lineage. We're being singled out because of our lineage. They're making laws specifically targeting us. They're taking actions specifically targeting us because of our lineage. And that assault on us and our lineage continues to this very day. No, you ain't gonna throw a, a couple hundred million dollars here and call it a day. No, you're not. The hell you are. No, you're not. We're going to go ahead and help the phone lines here. Let me get caller from area code 571. You're on live with Black Channel. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Yeah, that's official MGTOWN from Woodbridge, Virginia. What's going on with you? Official MGTOWN. Now you are. You hear the babble. <laughs> nah, you're back. So let me ask you something. What, what is your affiliation with Gary L. Black? Caller from area code 310. Oh. You're on live with Black Channel. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Good evening, Jason. My name is Derek out of Los Angeles. Uh, I just wanted to say about the the whole book thing. Like, we got to meet the children where they are because white supremacy is forever adapted and evolving. So they always find us and meet us where we are, and they target us all the time. So we got to meet the children where they are. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like if we continue to uh, fall on that old read books, read books, then that's just going to breed us to become the next old nigga that you described for their generation. We won't get the respect from the last generation that we don't respect. You know what I'm saying? From yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of like so, when you see music change you know? or trends change or whatever. You know, young right. people, young people will listen to their elders if they truly believe that the elder that they're listening to understands where they're at. Young people are going to listen to you, number one, if you are in life where they want to be, 
And number two, if they feel you understand where they are. If they if they feel confident in those two things about you, they will listen. What I've done for the last decade and a half, two decades, is a testament to that. Young people will listen. Problem, most of these older folks want to sit up here and ball out, go to the Cadillac dealership, the Mercedes dealership, and sit up here and act like they're in an island by themselves. Then they wonder why this young folk don't listen to them. Because they can't identify with you because they can see that you so obviously don't identify with them. If you're sitting here taking a look at their iPhone as if it's damn me E.T. spaceship, then you just lost them. But if they can see that you understand what that communicates to them is that you can be bothered and you care enough to understand. That matters to a young person. That you're not talking to them, just right. lecturing you and wagging your finger. That you've actually taken out the time to learn about their life and their experience, at least at a basic perfunctory level. Now they feel like they're talking to someone who understands, as opposed to them feeling, and you're just talking that way because you're out of touch. When you can show them, no, I'm perfectly in touch with what's going on. Then they're like, oh, so there's something I don't see? Now they'll listen. Right. So you have to, what I'm saying is you got to be multi-syllabic. You can't be monosyllabic. Right. You have to be multi Those of you who don't know, you can't just be monosyllable. You have to be able to speak in more than one language. You can't just be able to speak one or two words. You have to be able to speak in more than one language. You can't just speak about where you were. You got to speak about where you were, and then you have to be able to connect it to where they are. You do those two things, you got an audience. Thank you very much for giving us a call. Let me get called America 662. You're on live with Black Channel. What's your name? Where you calling from? Yeah. And their local restaurants, they're not chain restaurants, their local restaurants, shout out El Segundo. So their local restaurants. And my point is, they changed the zoning so that you couldn't have businesses down there in that area. Yeah, but Bruce's Beach had a business right there. Where their houses are today. That was their inn. That was their bar. That was their restaurant. That was their nightclub. That was all right there. And then you change the zoning of it to say we are going to preclude being able to ever do this again. We're going to preclude ever being able to do this again. So that area was not under dispute, not until the last couple of years when we showed up. Then it was back under dispute again. So these areas that are still under dispute, you notice that they change the rules. They try to limit economic development. They try to keep it real small and real sparse until that's finally resolved. I'm going to tell y'all something else. Now that they've bought out the Bruce's family, the Bruce family, now that they've bought the family out, mark my words. You're going to see some type of economic development. They're going to do something about that zoning there now. Now that that issue has finally been resolved with Charles and Willa Bruce's heirs, now that they finally got the heirs to legally sign away their rights and sign away their grievance, look for Manhattan Beach, look for California to do something. It's not going to be major. They're not going to build a hotel. I think it's too near the airport, and it doesn't avail itself of that. But mark my words about that zoning. You haven't seen the last zoning change in that area. They changed it so you can't do business development there. 
but mark my words, now that you finally settled the issue with the Bruce family, now that they can't do anything else, now that you can't bring this up as an issue again, watch them come back now and say, you know what? We've been reconsidering changing the zoning. Yeah, now, you know, maybe we can put a, a small recreation center, a small club, maybe we can do that now. Now that that issue is gone. Mark my words, when these areas are out of dispute, then you're going to see things change. Call from Erico 332. You're on live. The Black Channel, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Okay, caller is busy. Caller from Erico 469. You're on live with the Black Channel. What's your name? Where are you calling from? This is Thomas calling from Dallas, Texas. Thomas from Dallas, what's on your mind? Yeah, man, I would. Uh... Thank you again for having a great broadcast, man. Uh, also, Marcel's done a great job, man. And, uh, that white woman didn't like she wants to call him a nigga right off point, man. I mean, he had that one hot, man. And it's another it's another part of the video where she actually uh, ran up on his table. I, mean, I hope you find that video. But yeah, man, it, the, the Bruce's beaches and all of the Black Wall Street, man, that stuff's still going on today. I mean, look at Turkey, man. Cause, I mean, those people that have a hard time down, down in Houston, man, because of they won't, whenever there are black people that start businesses on their own and really have to go to white people for the loans or for the money, oh, it's a problem. And that, that was the cause of them going and burning up the black uh, Wall Street. Those people came out of slavery and, and built successful black communities without white people. So, yeah, we was, we was a threat of, of Jump Street coming out of slavery. And it still goes on today. And for that six-year-old black girl, man, that was the bravest little black girl in history. I mean, to, to go to school by herself and be threatened, they was threatened to kill her. They was threatened to, to, to set her on fire. I mean, to go through that as a six-year-old, I couldn't, I couldn't have done that. I mean, that woman, went, that little girl went through a lot. Even when she got in the classrooms, the, the abuse didn't stop. So yeah, she. I think she passed away not too long ago. But man, that was a brave, brave young young girl. I don't know if she did or not, because there were some folks who were saying here earlier that she was still alive. But certainly, the idea that you can assault our children—that is something in particular. That that that's the whole idea is that black folks want to back down and allow folks to assault their children. See, there's a reason why some of y'all may not like it, and I understand that, and I'm not saying I necessarily condone it in every case, but let me tell y'all something. There's a reason why Black families, Black parents, Black mothers, Black fathers, there's a reason why they show up at the schools and turn up, because they understand, like, you're trying to target their children when they're not there. They send their kids they off to school, they put their kids on a bus, yeah, and they go about their business and their job. While they're at their job, you sit in this damn classroom, got their child cornered off by themselves, and then you don't practice white supremacy. So there's a reason why some of these folks show up at these schools and they turn the hell up. There's a reason for that, because we've had a history of these schools targeting our children. And not everybody gonna sit back and, and, and dance and jig and be okay with that. Not everybody is going to do that. So some folks understand that. Some folks come from the old school. Some folks understand you don't let them pull no mess like that with your kids. 
You don't do that. We already been there. These are always precursors to going at us. And if they see that you will allow them to attack your children with impunity, don't you know that is an attack on the bloodline? That is an assault on the bloodline. They have always done that with your children, deliberately so. Thank you very much for giving us a call. Let me get Color Miracle 424. You're on live with the Black Channel. What's your name? Where are you calling from? What's up, Jason? I ain't going to Rashad from Los Angeles by way of Houston. Okay, Rashad, you are too far from your phone. I'm sorry about that, brother. How about that? Is that it? Okay, what's on your mind? Uh, I'm actually I'm actually a teacher over at, at uh, Houston Independent Unified School District. Um, and everything you're saying about education is, about uh, history is absolutely correct. The curriculum has, has been just beaten down to the bone to the point that the only places where you actually see black people is in slavery. And they took out all the information about the tri-dynastic uh, empire, some guy, uh, Molly, Donna. And you can still have these teachers that, that are out there still targeting our kids. I mean, uh, the, the school where I work particularly, I know last year, I had um, some of the black kids that that they, they weren't students of mine, but they told me about a teacher that, that's no longer there anymore. Um, many of the, the the racist things that she had said to them, and, and how they were, uh, she was targeting them, you know, and how hard she was working in the class, but yet she's still getting a seat on that. And um, come to find out, I, you know, I, I remember one of the lunches that we had, sit up and talked to this woman. And out of the blue, she came out and just started talking crazy about black people, started talking about reparations. I had to, you know, I had, had to check. She started saying things like, well, there, there, there wasn't slavery up in the North. I'm like, what are you talking about? Slaves don't wash people, literally. Same, the same thing with Harvard University is built by slaves. These are the kind of people that are, that are, that are out here teaching our children, you know, um, and, and and the fiasco that I had with Black History Month this year was, was just out of control. Where where I had even some of my colleagues trying to uh, you know push our students you know celebrating Wakanda, Black Panther, or Black History Month, and insulting the, the entire celebration. Not saying that we should keep Black History Month just to a buck. You know it is defended as, as Dr. Khalid Muhammad said, but at the same time. You know, it's, it, it, it needs to be done with, with, with some decorum and some dignity. Well, it certainly needs to be done with so, an agenda because these folks have an agenda in what they're doing. And I hope that the one thing we take away from this time period of history is that we have a clearly placed black agenda that is unapologetic about what we mean and what we're saying. These folks are just fabricating events now. They're not even fabricating history. They're just making up science fiction and telling us, well, here you go. And it, it is a race war. They're targeting the children. They have no problem doing that. Thank you very much for giving us a call here tonight. Also, uh, one other thing here. Thomas called in about this here before. Let me go ahead and see if I can show that to you all because there's actually a couple of things. I want to talk about this also. I ran for office and I'm running yet again against the king, the maker, James Clyburn. But my attitude is you the king, maker, 
your district should be written by the morning, and they're not. So I know exactly how they try to shame you. So there's there's good little Miss Marianne Williamson that's cool and everything. She wants to talk about how America didn't do this and didn't do that for the Jews. Um, yeah. He wants, um, Marcel came with his receipts here. So, by the way, he came with his receipts on that. I'll go ahead and put a link here in the chat room to that particular thread on Twitter. I'll put a link in the chat room to that. By the way, yeah, that happened. 12 million to the holiday. That happened. Oh, All right, call from area code 929. You're on live. Black like Channel was showing you. I've always heard America did get them bitches. So let's come from Chicago. They did get something. Jared from Chicago was on your mind. Excellent broadcast as always, Jason. And the same with the one that was last night. That was, that was another, another one as well that led into this. First off, you put a couple of previous callers talking about the Black History Month. Black History, number one, is this should be celebrated every day that you walk the face of this earth. That's number one, or else with that. Number two, is that take my hat off the brother Marcel there for going in depth and going in on that. And really just pulling out the truth out that lady because, you know, you're trying to celebrate the good and it just didn't work. And the third thing is the excellent situation that the new black media has been putting out here. I remember the third, fourth show, last session to show, the third, fourth broadcast, and we talked about this. And sure enough, everything she says come to pass. And people should really be listening and tuning in and understanding what's going on and being aware. I'm the second generation, third generation of teachers in my family. And my daughter, two of my daughters are teaching now. And they talk about this all the time. This is a big time conversation. And it's really, really ironic how they've been trying to change the books. Even my mother taught, my mother taught 40 years. And she said they were trying to change the books back when she was teaching. Yeah, but you know, the difference back then though, brothers, we had more, but we had segregated schools. So you had black teachers who were actually serving the interests of the black (laughs) students there. So that was a different thing. Today, you got black teachers competing to get hired in a white school or in a white district. So what they're doing or what they're willing to do is totally different. We actually had folk back then who were, you know, it, it was in, uh, basically in contrast to everything else, not only were they pursuing a career as professional educators, they lived in the communities. That's the whole thing about it. We live next door to the doctors and the lawyers and the dentists and the school teachers. They weren't people on the other side of town or living in another city. We lived with them back right. then. They were right there next to us. So we had a whole lot of power in that. The real thing was we were sold on the idea, the civil rights generation was on the idea, that that wasn't good enough. And in reality, That's what right. we're realizing today is the problem wasn't separate but equal. The problem was fully funded versus underfunded. You could have left us the damn way we were as long as our schools got the funding they were supposed to get. So what we were told was, well, we're not going to give your schools the funding you need to get. We're going to just move y'all around. We're just going to move you around. 
and that's what we're going to do. No, it would have been far better if the schools we were in just got the funding we were supposed to have and leave us alone like you do the Jews, the Arabs, and every damn body else. See, the Latinos basically can create de facto Latino schools with that language barrier. Simply right. by them holding on to their language, they can essentially create right. a de facto Latino school. If none of their kids show up, mm-hmm. none of their kids speak the language, and the and parents smack them across the back of the head and pull them off the door, like, now you know no English, Al. No, yeah, no, no, I'm no English. You right speak right Spanish. Right. Don't do that. And those of y'all, I mean, amongst the states now, it used to just be combined in California, Texas, and Florida, but now it's as high up as Tennessee, the Carolinas, Missouri, South Dakota. Yeah. You know, you got the kids, then their yeah. the parents show up to school. If they're with a teacher who is bilingual, they won't keep up the facade very long. But if you're like a black teacher, they'll sit there and pretend they don't know any no English. Well, I don't know any English at all. Can you get you get So what they've done is they've used that barrier to create de facto Latino schools. As black folk, we didn't need desegregation. We simply needed to have proper funding, and we would have been just fine from there. Imagine three generations of black children seeing the smartest people. They they talk about Neil deGrasse Tyson today, but imagine having three generations of kids who that's what they grew up around all the time. They grew up around Cliff Huxtable all the time. That wasn't special. They grew up around Claire Huxtable all the time. That wasn't special. That was just expected. They would be fine with that. You wouldn't have the mess that you got today. Thank you very much for giving us a call. Let me get called Miracle 417. You're on live with the Black Channel. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Alex in Springfield, Missouri. I just want to say, you know, I'm glad you brought up this subject because what we're witnessing is something very similar to what they did in South Africa, if you may recall in 1976, when you had all the Black students in South Africa rise up against uh, the old white. Um, apartheid regime, where we're trying to force them to speak their language of African language and also making them erase all the past history, what they did to incorporate the sand people and try to, you know, make their own history claim that the land was their, that the land was taken, they were the first people. And students, you know, goes up to this campus, and we all know 113. I think it was 113, 114 students got shot and killed. And so what we're witnessing is that the right wing and Ron DeSantis and all these um, other governors are taking a page out of the old South African, um, white South African regime and put it for the curriculum. They, you know, they're trying to push forth in all these school districts here. Yeah, I mean, that's you have to understand, America taught the world white supremacy. And I'm not being hyperbolic about that. America taught the world sophisticated white supremacy. Remember, Nazi Germany, Adolf Hitler, they learned segregation laws from America. They overthrew the Weimar Republic. They learned those tactics from America. They learned those tactics. The brown shirts watching the Ku Klux Klan, they learned how to implement a, an apartheid system from the United States. The United States didn't learn it from other people. The United States created it and perfected it. And all these other folks simply said, well, hey, they did. we just copy what they did. 
So they copy what they did. Nazi Germany, copy America. A lot of folks think that America learned that from Nazi Germany. Damn lie, Nazis the other way around, literally. There are Jewish rabbis who've written books about that. The fact, by the way, yeah, America taught Nazi Germany. They learned that because you didn't have those things in place under the Weimar Republic. So only once they overthrew them, they said, yeah, America, they're already doing it over there. Um, what they were doing with uh, sterilization and things like, oh, we, America's already shown us how to do that. America's done that. Hell, yep. we can just kick it in a hyperdrive now. If they can do it in America, if they can do it over there, eugenics and all that, hey, all we got to do is follow their playbook. And then now that we're under a more autocratic government, it doesn't rely on a democratic vote. We got an autocratic government. Hell, he'll just rubber stamp all of this. Why just keep this in hyperdrive? Thank you very much for giving us a call tonight. Let me get called America 229. You're on live. Black Channel, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Good evening, brother. Jason, how you doing this evening? Uh, my name is Rob from Bad Austin. Hi, Rob from Bad Austin. What's on your mind? Uh, yeah, I appreciate the broadcast. Excellent as always. I took a trip yesterday. To, um, had to go through Adel, Hinesville, to uh, Brumman. And I see these plantations that still got old shacks on them, quarters. And I'm thinking, like, how are these structures still standing? And like you spoke on uh, the other night, or was it last night, about the weather that we have in South and the Deep South. And they're still standing. Now, a lot of people, that just goes to show, slavery is not ancient history. It's not history, but it's not ancient. And um, they're trying to take these, this, you know, history books out of school. And... Uh, and I'm seeing, I mean, from where I'm at over here in Western South Georgia, all the way over to the coast, this is, you see these plantations, actual plantations, but they won't take the history. Now, these are going to be the people that teach our kids history. That's the point I want to get to. If they're taking the history books out of school, now you want these people teaching our kids history? Yeah, especially well, when, you're, especially when, you're, taking, your, well, especially when you're taking into account the when you talk to them, the folks who own these plantations and stuff, what's the first thing they tell you? They're, they're with, with uh, Skip Gates, we talk to the guy. We don't talk about the slaves. When they talk, okay, I'm inheriting the plantation from my dad, and he said, by the way, we don't talk about the slaves. Think that over for a minute. Thank you very much for giving us a call. Now, yeah, you're going to trust them to, to teach about slavery, and the very vocal owner, the first thing they were taught was, yeah, we don't talk about the slaves. Now, notice that's a very diabolical thing, by the way. Do you realize how diabolical that is? It isn't that they don't know about the slaves. They know about them. But they say we don't talk about them. So when you're in the company of black people, you play dumb. Hey, don't you own that plantation over there? Well, uh, yeah, I, I inherited it. Yeah, where are the slave quarters? Uh, the slave quarters? I don't really know much about slave quarters, you know? you know. That guy literally sat there and told Skip Gates, if you all think about it, what he's telling, we don't talk about the slaves. His father told him we don't talk about the slaves. What is he telling him? If anybody asks you, play dumb. Yeah, you know about the damn slaves. You know who they were. You know where we kept them. Those are the slave quarters over there. How did he maintain the property if he didn't know all the parts of the property? He's maintaining it because he knows all the parts. But his daddy told him, now, if anybody comes around asking you, you don't know nothing about no slaves. 
and don't ask me about the slaves just in case I get some dumbass little son who decides he wants to run his mouth too much. I ain't gonna talk to you about the slaves either. So understand something, when it comes to the destruction of history, they, they are going scorched earth. They're not even telling their heirs what they did because they're worried that the heirs might not stay on code. So now they're like, look here, if I don't teach your little cornball ass what's going on, you won't be able to get off code. I'm gonna rob those Negroes of their history and I'm gonna rob you of their history too, just to make sure you don't ever get any bright ideas you won't even be able to get off code. The only way you can truly get off code is if you sold the property. But anything short of that, you won't be able to snitch us out because I'm not even gonna tell you what we did. That's how I'm gonna make sure you stay on code. And then I don't have to worry about the kids and the grandkids. Y'all are gonna be on code whether you like it or not. Call America 843, you're on live with the Black Channel. What's your name? Where you calling from? Hey, this is Phil from Beaufort. I'm from East South Carolina. Phil from Beaufort, what's on your mind? Uh, I appreciate this this um this broadcast tonight, and I'm not going to get started on Myrtle Beach because I was born there, and I'm definitely not going to get started on these um these these uh, plantations, but. Ruby Bridges is not like these other people who went to these uh, that the desegregated these schools. He's not like Harvey Gant at Clemson and uh, Jane Meredith at Mississippi. Those are old people. She is young. She's I mean her kids are younger than me. So she was I mean she's like is that what I mean her in the second year, but she's still alive and she's not an old person. She you know she's a, and so. This is them erasing stuff that kind of just, you know, not just happened, but is is recent. She's not like Rosa Parks. And so I'm glad you brought this up. And, you know, people need to, I mean, I don't, I don't know what to say about their fragility, but. Well, this, she went to school in 1960. So this all happened in 1960 when this happened, so you're yeah, right. No, 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 brother. They're not going back to antebellum slavery. They're like, hey, antebellum slavery, We, we, our history is so recent, we can't even go back to antebellum slavery anymore. They're like, look here, we just gonna have to erase every everything up until the iPhone. We're just gonna erase everything. Understand something, that's gonna include Rodney King. They're gonna have to get rid of all of it. They're gonna have to get rid of all of it. Basically their policy now is gonna be, look, yeah. If your folks didn't teach it to you, we're just going to play dumb. Now, think about that for a few moments. Your schools will be educating you about all these things. And now they're taking on a uh, what, what they call it, freedom from information. It used to be freedom of information. Now it's freedom from information. Thank you very much for giving us a call. Let me get caller here, code 510. You're on live with the Black Channel. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, Jason, this is Black Voltron calling out of uh, East Oakland, California. Black Voltron was on your mind. Black Voltron, wake up. Okay, Black Voltron has been abducted. Call America 720, you're on live with the Black Channel. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, Jason, this is Black Voltron. 
Uh, this is Jesse Paris out of Denver, Colorado. Uh, Jesse out of Denver, what's on your mind? Uh, what's going on is our tangibles. We are demanding $100 trillion for past, present, and future atrocities that have been brought against our people and continue to be brought against our people in 2023. And, and nothing's enough for this madness. They're going to cut the check. Um, we over here at the No Black Media, we are uh, coming for what is rightfully ours. And on the 55th uh, anniversary of the death of MLK, uh, Denver is having a mayoral election, and I'm one of the candidates. So I ask all your viewers to write me in if they live in Denver, Colorado, um, on the ballot uh, by Tuesday. All right, and thank you very much. We appreciate it. Let me get caller from area code 267. You're on live. Black channel, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, yes, this is Kenny calling from PA Landsport. Um, I, I, I thank you for this uh, particular broadcast that you have done. Um, I just want to make a comment about uh, the woman um, with Marcus uh, was questioning her about reparation, how quick she um, got defensive. And um, it's funny because what I know is people, any group that has anything to do with slavery, they do become the sense of, of course, the Jews had a lot to do with, um, you know, funding the slavery. You know, other groups like the Arabs or even the Africans, when you bring it up, they get very defensive. But I love the fact that he stood his ground. So uh, thank you for tonight and have a good day. Thank you very much for giving us a call here tonight. Look, we can't, you know, my thing is we can't be shy about these things. I don't want us to become monolithic. We're not going to sit up here and just name one. This is why I don't want folks sitting up here talking about, well, the Jews did this, the Jews did that. Wait a minute. White society did this. Everybody gets their bill. I'm not going to sit up here and focus on one group over another. Everybody gets a bill. We're not going to focus on just one group and leave out the others. We're not going to focus on a bunch of other groups and leave out the one. Everybody who owes a bill got to get one. Everyone who owes a bill got to get one. You got to get this bill. You got to have it. Everyone's got to be presented with their invoice. I need you to pay right here. Until then, we ain't got nothing to talk about. Call it Code 612. You're on live with the Black Channel. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi, Jason. Uh, this is uh, Josh from Minnesota. I have uh, one observation about what is going on. One, they are banning TikTok because it is a platform where you can teach videos and not censor by the Reason why supremacist system, that's why you see them going hard on TikTok. And then, uh, secondly, as far as reparations are concerned, the foundation of Black Americans and other migrants should be helping us, the foundation of Black Americans should act unapologetically. And migrants who understand, because we all are being protected and covered by the foundation of Black Americans, who understand what this is, should as a matter of responsibility and obligation, and show that should allow people to act unapologetically. It is for foundation of America. So it's not something that, I mean, the foundation of America is past the era of, or, you know, negotiating or asking what is going to happen. It is 
a right, it is an obligation, it is a debt that must be paid. You don't want to say that, how are you going to pay? Well, it's a loan. It's a loan. It's a loan. Over the years. So, this government wants to say so much here about, oh, TikTok and the information is being turned over to the Chinese Communist government. Okay, but the American tech companies have been sitting up here and stealing our information from the beginning. Facebook has been stealing our information from the beginning. So that's okay. That's all right. That, that, that's okay for Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp. Mark Zuckerberg can steal all the information he wants. Google can steal all the information, know your exact location, listen in on your private conversation. Amazon's Alexa system, for those of you who don't understand, Amazon's Alexa system, when you got one of those little Alexa boxes in your house, that isn't a little computer. It doesn't have a little computer in it. It really is just a microphone receiver, a microphone and a speaker. That's all it is. When you say something to Alexa, it communicates that information back to Amazon Web Services. <laughs> That's what it does. It communicates it back to them, just like Google Voice. It communicates it back to their central servers. When you use Google Voice, it isn't your phone that translates what you're saying. It's Google servers. You're actually sending, basically you're sending a CB radio phone call back to Google. That's what you're doing. You're sending a phone call to Google, which is recording your voice, by the way. They're recording your voice. When you send, when you make a voice, uh, voice to text, that information is being processed by Google servers, not your phone. Your phone is just transmitting that information to Google servers. Well, it's coming back so quick. Yes, it's because it's on all the time. It's always got a connection to their server all the time. It isn't something that you, it doesn't make the connection to the server when you press that little microphone with the voice to text. It establishes the connection to the server when your phone loops up and it's running in the background. So it's okay for these things to do all this stuff. When it's these American tech companies, it's all right for them. The Chinese show up and all of a sudden it's a problem. And I'm not saying that they should get your information either. China is no friend of black people. That's the damn certain. I'm not saying that they should get your information either. What I am saying, though, is that if the Chinese government is bad for doing that, your American companies should be equally as bad. But the American companies are serving something different because, as we all know, the American companies work hand-in-hand -hand with the FBI, which means they work hand-in-hand -hand with Pro, which means that they work to sit up here and monitor black people, which is why you've got all your white YouTubers make tons of money and your black folk get suppressed. Isn't that amazing? That's the way it was in magazines with published media. That was the way it was on radio. That's the way it was on TV. Even on the internet, if you're black out here, it doesn't matter how great you are, how wonderful what you do is, you're always way behind your white counterparts. COINTELPRO 4.0. Damn 2.0. Thank you very much for giving us a call. Let me get Call Miracle 612. You're on live with the black channel. What's your name? Where are you calling from? 
Steve from Minneapolis. Minnesota. Okay, what's your name again? Steve from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Hello, Steve from Minneapolis. What's on your mind? Okay, so um, to me, um, Jason, well, first of all, I want to say thank you for the wonderful broadcast that you do. You're always on fire. And then secondly, um, to me, this picture is like a sign of us. You know, I wasn't born in 1960, but to me, it's like a sign of us making it, okay? And that was terrible, okay? Um, uh, for us to put our children, to even be in a position to have to put our children in, 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 in that harm in harm's way like that where you know adults were calling children names niggers and and, and all the hateful um, words they beautiful children just trying to get educated and and um I, I think it's the beginning of our the end of our community um because uh, many were composed that move you know trying to integrate and then secondly um you know it's funny that our community does all this complaining about um, what these people are doing at the school board after the fact. So, um, you know, my children are grown now, but I was very active at the PTA meetings, um, um, uh, the parent-teacher conference. Uh, you just don't go to the parent-teacher conference. You, you have to be at the PTA meeting so that you know what's going on, what they're planning to do with the curriculum. So if there's 100 Black kids in the school, there should be 100 Black parents to 200 Black parents at the PT uh, at, at the PTA meeting to find out and be involved with what's going on. Well, that's all I'm saying. Thank you, Jason. Well, that's very, very true. You have to be involved. You can't just be following up on these things. You can't just have kids turn them over to the school and then you going back home for the turn up. You can't do that. You are, you're going to be a parent. You have to be involved. That's called being a member of the community. That's also called being a parent. So very good point to make there as well. Thank you very much for giving us a call. Let me get Call America 936. You're on live with the Black Channel. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hello? Hello? You're on live, Hello? sir. Oh, yeah. So, it's Jared Bawar. I'm calling from Houston, Texas. Do you hear me? Okay, brother. It sounds like you're calling from the moon lands in the 1967. If you're on the speakerphone, you can take it off. Okay, this fellow here is calling us. He's literally sitting there on his 1937 Bell South anchor phone. So it's, I don't know what's going on there. But. Folks, you are in a war to erase black history. The stakes are everything. The stakes are your future heirs, your generations, your successors. The stakes are everything. I want everyone to know what we're up against because the stakes are everything. We're going to go ahead and wrap up tonight's program here. I want to thank everyone who has contributed to support tonight's program on PayPal, Cash App, Super Chat, B1 Media's Lifesaver. Mr. Dinkins, thank you very much for your support and vegan luxury. I see you out there. Thank you very much for your support here as well. If you are new here to the Black Channel, welcome to the Haven of Intelligent Black Thought. We do this every weekend. Click that red subscribe button. Click that yellow notification bell. Join us each and every time that we're here. If you haven't been to our website, blackchannelfilms.com, you want to go there and check out our groundbreaking, best-selling documentary work, 7 a.m., Gentrified, Race War, all available on DVD and streaming. Go to blackchannelfilms.com. That is blackchannelfilms.com. I want to thank all of you for joining us tonight. I want to thank all of you here for tuning in. Thank you for liking and subscribing to the program. And this concludes tonight's broadcast of The Black Channel. I am your host, your brother, your humble servant, 
the Black Authority. And until next time, my brothers and my sisters around the world, remember, Black is the future and the future is uncompromising.